українське незалежне радіо. Hello everybody, good evening. Uh listeners of Ukrainian Independent Radio and uh like every other Thursday we have um real estate podcast here on the on Ukrainian Independent Radio and I'm your host uh Oleg. I am a real estate agent here with uh, Century 21 and we're talking on uh different topics here on the radio. Today we're going to be talking about um real estate investing um with my guest Lou Parino and um okay I hear I see you now Lou. I was I, I wasn't seeing you before. So um thanks Lou for uh for uh tuning in for joining me today. Uh we're going to be talking a little bit about real estate investing, building your wealth, you know, uh investing into financial freedom. So give us a little bit of a background about yourself, Lou. Um, how did you get uh, started in real estate investing and all that? Yeah, so I had this crazy idea back in college that I wanted to own real estate. And, um, you know, I was 18, yeah. 19 years old, and I just liked the concept of tenants paying uh, you every month to uh, fund your lifestyle. So um, I started getting more serious about it, kind of investigating it. Um, didn't really know how or where or when I would start, um, but I knew that's kind of what I wanted to do. I was uh, starting to apply for jobs. I graduated college almost a year early, and I uh, was kind of looking to decide where I wanted to go with things. Um, and then I met um, our managing broker, Stina Molito, who my dad's known for you know, 30, 40 plus years, um, and obviously Stino is uh, kind of the grandmaster at uh, at uh, real estate investing. Has been doing it for a long time. So I sat down with him. My dad uh, introduced us, and uh, he made it seem very simple. You know, he was around my age when he started, and uh, uh, he suggested that I get my real estate license and just start learning everything that I could about the business. And uh, that's what I did. I and, was uh, uh, twenty one years old. Twenty one. Okay. Okay. Twenty one. Yep. So I was uh, technically. A junior in college, I graduated, like I said, almost a year earlier. So I was finishing up, um, you know, the last uh, classes and finals that I had uh, while getting my real estate license and uh, just went for it. You know, had no idea what, what it would entail or what, uh, you know, how I was going to do it or make it. But uh, that's how I started. I just got my license and told myself I'm going to learn everything I can about this business. And uh, so, so let's, uh, let's, uh, let's say, how, uh, how old are you now and how many rental units you have? Sure. So I'm 28 years old um, and I have technically 24 uh, doors, 24 apartments, nice. units. Nice. 28 and 24. Wow. How much, uh, how much is that producing every month? Um, well, <laughs> it's been better <laughs> this year. It's been a little tough because I went into the pandemic with five vacancies. Oh. Um, and it took, <laughs> took a little time to, to get those filled, but that's, you know, that's just kind of how things uh, are going. But, um, you know, typically I'd be looking at about, uh, maybe $4,000 a month in cash flow after I pay my mortgages, um, and all my expenses and fees, um, you know, if everything is, is uh, rented and I don't have any major problems. I'm probably looking at close to four thousand dollars a month and positive cash flow that I could take and you know pay off uh, more debt with or you know spend. Yeah, so, so it's uh, four thousand. So we were looking at fifty a year. Yeah, and it's only cash flow. So you're also paying yep. down. That's extra when you're paying down, and that grows every year, right? Yeah, get, get, get getting Hopefully. better every year. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, <Right>. yeah. <laughs> Those five, you have anybody, uh, you had anybody who wasn't paying at, 
that at that time? Um, so one building that I have, I'm a, I'm a partner in. Um, uh, so that's not included in, the, in those units. Um, but we took the building over, and uh, that was one of the tenants that was was uh, in the building, and she uh, hasn't been paying for a while. So we we kind of were stuck with that. Uh, it's been a little rough, but uh, you know, hopefully by uh, early spring that won't be an issue anymore. So yeah, so once in a while you get a uh, bad apple, yeah. You do. It's just yep, taking advantage of the system, but yeah. But if you don't move, you know, you, you know it's it's a you, you can't you can't uh, just be afraid of that bad tenant, you know, because you never you're never no. gonna grow, right? Right. Yeah. So well, you know, 24 units. I only have eight. You know, right now I'm going through the construction on the eighth one. So seven, mm -hmm. seven are working. The eighth one is uh, under construction. Hopefully by the end of the year I'll I'll get it running. If not, then uh, I already calculated in my numbers that probably in the early spring next year, because you know in the winter time it's not that easy to find a tenant. Right. And, uh, you know I don't want to lower it since I already made the renovations, so I kind of want a good price uh, for for that unit. So maybe you know like February or March I'll, I'll get it going. Um, but uh, <clears throat> by the way, uh, let's. Uh, w what's your opinion on uh, rent? Right. Um, so what? Yeah, let, let me. As ask, far as like let me, how no, pricing as far, is going right now, or how? Yes, yes. As far as like pricing, do you like it? Price the the most, the highest number, and then get that tenant, and uh, hopefully they will renew or not. Then you put a new one with a you know with a high price, or you just let, let you know let it uh, rent for a little cheaper, but for a longer time. What do you think? It depends on the situation. You know, recently with the, the most uh, recent units that I've, I've acquired and, and uh, have been renting out, um, I've been renovating them and, uh, and trying to, you know, push the market a little bit uh, to get top dollar I can um, so that I can get the extra cash flow and then have some equity in the property. Um, so that was working well um, earlier this year, end of last year. Um, but we did um, obviously have this pandemic come along, which, uh, limited the demand for people moving and uh, rental properties in my opinion mm -hmm. um so i've seen a little softening um i've had to lower some of my rents to get my units rented more quickly um uh, so you know to answer your question I, I try not to be the most expensive uh landlord or most expensive price unit on the market but i do try to get a little bit higher rent because i i feel that my units are I uh, should come at a premium because I've been investing in them to make them, uh, you know, stand out among uh, what, you know, other units you might find in that price range. If it's, uh, you know, a $1,400 uh, rental, um, you know, and it's got quartz countertops and stainless steel appliances and vinyl uh, flooring, you know, new bathrooms. Um, I feel that I'm more competitive at 1400 than maybe the, uh, the person next door at 1325 that's, you know, 30 year old uh, condition and not you know, not very updated. So, so. you're a proponent of uh, rehabbing the place or better buy it, you know, average, maybe a little better than average and just rent it as soon as possible or buy it, you know, you know, distressed and fix it up. And then well, what do you think is better? So it depends on the situation. Um, the goal, the name of this game, um, at, at least at my point or when I started was how can I buy as much real estate as I can with as little money as I can? Right. Um, so you don't want to overinvest in a property uh, where you're not going to get that back right away, um, or it could be some time. 
But if you're going to buy a property that needs work and you're going to refinance that within one to two years, then I would invest in the property. I would make it as nice as you can uh, because then you're not going to have to hopefully touch that property for 20 to 30 years, you know, redoing bathrooms or kitchens or, or flooring. Um, and if you go to refinance it, that property is probably worth, you know, 10, 15, maybe even 20% more than something that's more distressed or, uh, you know, original condition. Um, and you're going to get that back or at least maybe 75% of that back. Um, loan to value in your pocket. So I'm a proponent of renovating a property if you're going to refinance it and get most of that money back in your pocket. Uh, because once you do that, the property is set. You don't have to touch it for hopefully, you know, 20 years. But it's so, getting a little bit hard to do that. Do you agree? It's just everything it is. is selling for so so much that you really don't have that spread anymore. You know, if you buy something for 100, you put in another 20 and it's worth 120. It's not even worth, you know, doing that work. It's it's just you wasting right. your time, right? You got it's got to be I, worth I 150. Yeah, I agree completely. If you're especially if you're going to buy a property and put 20 or 25% down, then I don't advise putting another penny into that property. I would try to buy whatever you're going to buy and put your 20 or 25% down. Make sure it's as ready as possible for rent. And don't invest another dime in it because then you're tying up too much money in the property. Yeah. Um, the only way I do it is if I could buy something and know that I'm going to reposition that property, refinance it, and hopefully pull most or maybe all of that money back out um, so that any investment I make is going to be back in my pocket within, you know, hopefully a 12-month period, maybe less. Um, and then I've got a, a well-renovated uh, property that, you know, that's not going to need any major work for a while. Um, so that, you know, it just depends on the strategy, how you're buying it, um, you know, and, and how long it's going to be that you're going to have that initial principle tied up into that property. Yeah. Well, by pulling money, um, you mean like, uh, going back to the bank and refinancing it, uh, reappraising it. It takes a little bit of time. Some banks want, uh, yep. want it to be seasoned too. Yeah. Like six months of renting. They want to see it that you're, you know, you're getting some rent rents coming in. Um, but yeah, yeah, it comes, uh, you know, it's a, it's a part of a game, you know, you have to kind of, but, uh, you know, there, there is a creative way to do it. Yeah. You gotta, you can, um, ask the seller to hold the financing, seller finance it for you. You know, you can borrow money from the friend. Maybe somebody has an extra hundred grand sitting around. Maybe they want to make some money on that. Like, Hey brother, you know, can you, can you loan me a hundred K? I found this property. I can put in some work and, and rehab it, pull, pull the money out. You can make some money with me too. And then um, that that could be a creative way to finance it. Yeah, you don't have to go to the bank and put twenty five percent down. I mean, it's it's not that easy, but there 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 are ways to do it and and start. Yeah, those deals are out there, you know. And I've done a couple yeah. myself. Um, you know, if you can get the seller to hold, uh, say ninety percent or eighty percent financing, interest only for you know two to three years, um, it, it's a nice way to put more cash flow into your pocket up front. And to um, you know, reinvest that back into the building, especially if the building needs some cosmetic updating or upgrades, um, then you could take that property, go back to a bank in you know two to three years, and hopefully um, it'll be worth you know appraised for a higher value because your rents are hopefully higher from the improvements you've done and from uh, just uh, you know having everything uh, repositioned. Um, you know, that's another way of of going into a property with you know as little money down as possible, maybe with 20 percent down. Um, while still giving yourself a cushion for you know for capital improvements. So it's uh, so the the first property you bought was in twenty one or it took you a couple of years to buy the first one. I was twenty one. Yeah, I was. Uh, so I started in the business in January um, and I bought my first condo um, in uh, October. Oh yeah, 
And then, so about six years it took you to get to 24 units. Yeah, approximately. Yeah, I've been in the business now for, it'll be seven years in January. So is it, uh, uh, is it all condos or is it uh, single? Do you have any houses or is it like apartments? No condos? houses. Um, so I have 16 condos and then uh, two apartment buildings. Um, you know, now I'm starting to hopefully get more creative and, you know, I'm kind of expanding my uh, boundaries a little bit, you know, and, and starting to look at duplexes and uh, maybe houses or small houses or townhouses. Um, but I started off with condos and I still like those uh, because it allows you to find deals in different places with, uh, you know, while limiting your, your management or I guess need to be going to those properties uh, frequently. So, right. you know, I have properties that are 45 minutes away, half hour away from my house. Um, and I haven't seen them since I rented them. So yeah. it's kind of a nice way to, to, uh, have an investment property and put it on a shelf and hopefully not have to go there for a while. You know, I thought about it. I, I, I almost think about it every day, you know, and I've thought about it for, for a long time. You know, everybody keeps saying that the condos is not good. Every, any website, any uh, podcast, everywhere you go, everybody keeps, you know, saying that you don't, you shouldn't go to condos to stuff like that. There's special assessments and everything. But that's a good way to start. You know, you, if, if you're going to the work and you're getting the money, whatever you do, a business work, you make the money and then you put that into a down payment in, in a rental property. The, the last thing you want, that rental property start taking away your time, right? And that's what you have right. with buildings. You know, when you have the outside, you know, roof and sewer line and everything. That's what condo helps you. You know, if you get to 10 condos, that's, that's a good cash flow and almost zero management. The worst thing with these condos is the associations. You know, you have to deal with the sticker, the car sticker, the, the uh, uh, move-in fee, move-out fee, you know, the form, uh, cars, stuff like that. You have to register everything. Sometimes it's, it's a little too much paperwork for me. But then on the other side, they clean the hallways. They do everything else. They pay for water, stuff like that. So I think that's a good right. way to start with condos. Because with houses, you know, I, if you I, have five houses, it's... It starts taking away yeah. your time from the work, and then you start losing right. money here, and then start, you know, it's just, uh, I think it's, um, you know, of course, if you have a lot of money, you can, you can start with a building. Starting with a building is also a cool idea, you know, you already have so much, but then you have to invest a lot. You have to invest like 100000 right. or more. So for somebody who doesn't have that much, you can start slowly. Well, how, how many units do you think you, you need to at least start seeing some good numbers? Let's start seeing the money. You know, one condo, you don't, you don't really feel it, you know, 200, 300 bucks a month. <laughs> you don't really feel it, yeah? I think... I would say, yeah, I mean, I think it depends on your cash flow and, and how much you're putting down uh, and what your rate is and everything. But I think, um, you know, once you get to five, five to 10 units, I think you start to notice a difference in your life and, and you start to see um, collectively the cash flow coming in and the potential with it. Um, but I'd say once you got to five, you know, you get to five or 10, like kind of where you're at right now, you start to see the potential with it. And I think, uh, not saying that you're going to take that and retire off it right now or, or, or could quit your job, but you're going to see the, uh, the power of what it's doing. You're going to start, you know, calculating your, your principal reduction. You're going to start seeing that cash flow in your bank every month. And you're going to say, wow, this, this really could be something. When do you start paying it off? Have you, have you thought about it? <laughs> um, I have at, at my stage, I, I don't want to, especially because I do have positive cash flow. I feel that, you know, me paying, uh, my properties off right now, especially if there's long-term debt on it and where I don't have to, you know, where it'll be uh, a low interest rate loan for the next 25 to 30 years. Um, 
I'd rather take the cash flow and the money I'm making right now and invest in that more property as long as those properties are stable and cash flowing. Um, at, at my stage at 28 years old, that's what I should be doing for at least the next 10 years, I think. Um, if I were breaking even or if the market were to, were to change and we started seeing higher uh, interest rates and lower cap rates where now you're really kind of squeezing uh, the numbers to make them work, um, at that point, I might consider paying one or two off uh, just to give myself more of a cushion for cash flow. But you know, if you're in my position, you're making $50,000 a year in positive cash flow and you have equity built in and you, you know, you've got enough uh, cushion to, you know, to, to uh, ride out a storm of maybe a couple vacancies or a few vacancies or one or two bad tenants, um, then I would, I would keep taking that capital and I would keep buying more property with it. So that gets, gets back to the point, what you said, that uh, if you can't pull the money that you've put in in the down payment and, and, and uh, uh, rehab, then better don't spend in the rehab, right? Because you could spend right. that rehab money on another one. Right. In another down payment. And Exactly. And I've made that mistake. Well, you know, maybe it's not a mistake. Uh, my cash flow is a little bit higher. But, you know, there's a couple of properties I bought early on where I put 20, 25% down and then I put another five or $10,000 into the property just to make it a little bit nicer. Um, and I got a little bit higher rent for it, but I, I'm not refinancing those properties right now. So that money is going to be tied up, you yeah. know, for a while. Um, had I taken that extra ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 and uh, put it down on another property, even if it broke even, um, I probably would have been in a better position uh, by doing that than investing it in the single property where I, I don't have plans to pull that out just yet uh, because there's not enough of a margin or a need to refinance it. Yeah, same thing. I uh, I just bought uh, recently a little condo in Buffalo Grove, and uh, it kind of I was thinking, okay, let's let's replace the carpet, let's paint, let's do this. Okay, that's probably going to be another seven thousand or something. Uh, the most I could get it's a little condo, probably nine fifty, maybe that's the most. By the by the time I finish it, it's probably going to be December. Ah, uh, let me put it for eight seventy five. See what happens. Somebody took it. <laughs> so you know, I mean. <laughs> All that money that you're putting in, that even that ten ten thousand, okay. If you raise your rent hundred bucks, that's a thousand dollars a year, maybe twelve hundred. Nine years to get the money back. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, ten thousand is already half of the down payment on another condo. So you almost right. Have and that's a great to, return, and you know, for somebody they might be fine with that, but for someone like you or I that would like to scale up, you know, then it's not worth doing it unless the property really, really needs new flooring or new paint or yeah, something really, to really just, need. just to get yeah. it rented. Yeah. And I've noticed that uh, long-term tenants, um, you know, how should I put it? Like I, I've, I've, I bought uh, a condo um, a couple years ago. And so I rehabbed it and I put uh, everything's new, perfect, beautiful. Uh, a tenant moved in six months ago. He call, she calls me. I need to, you know, sublet the, the place. Like, <laughs> okay, I'm looking for another one. That one stays one year. She moves out. I put another one. I'm like... Man, you know, so many move, move ins, move outs, you know, in my new condo that I've put, that I've put so much money in. It's it's costing me money. So and then, well, when she was breaking that lease after six months, I you know we were negotiating a deal that that I I'm not losing any money. But then again, it it cuts into my time now. You know, I'm not spending on making you know money here. I now have to deal with that thing. Right. And even though I put the the, the condo is beautiful, everything you're not you're not uh, you know you're not uh, you can't guarantee that nothing going uh, to go wrong. Still, 
But, uh, you know, rehabbing it and making it look nice and raising grand is, you know, it's good because you don't have to worry about, you know, replacing that, that toilet again. You know, these three problems everybody keeps saying, you know, Grant Cardone says toilet, termites, and tenants, you know, three problems, <laughs> <laughs> toilets, termites, and then and tenants, you know, you have to worry about. I like, you know, I like um, Stino style, you know, lower the rent and keep it for a long yep. time. You know, the tenants stay there as long as they can. And that's the best way to do it. And um, you know, I, I agree. Some of my best tenants I haven't seen or talked to them in, you know, four years, five years. And, so good, uh, so good. Um, and I don't raise the rent that much, maybe $10, $15 a year, maybe a little bit more. Um, but there's also something to be said, too, because they might not complain as much. You know, they know they're getting a good deal on their unit. Um, they're not going to call you and rock the boat because they know that they're, they might be, you know, $50, $100 under market. Um, but it's a win-win for the landlord and the tenant. You know, I'm uh, kind of leveraging my time by not having to deal with the property and, and putting more improvements into it. Um, and the tenant uh, is getting a good deal on, on the rent. And, uh, and it, it works out for both, uh, you know, both the landlord and the tenant. So, you know, typically. at your stage right now at the 20-some units, do you, do you still... Um going to buy something with HOA or no? I would. Yeah, yeah I, um, I, I would, and I'm still looking. Um, I kind of took a break right now just with, with everything going on. Um, unless the right deal presents itself, I'm just kind of a, a little more cautious right now um, just because of the tenant laws and, and the eviction laws yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, what's going on out there. Um, not saying that I won't buy anything. You know, I, I bought a few properties this year. Um, even during the pandemic, but I'm a lot more cautious right now. And, uh, I, I am looking at, at all options. So I, you know, if, if the, uh, if the deal's right, I'll buy it. If it's a condo, if it's a building, if it's a house, um, if it makes sense to me from an equity or a cash flow standpoint, I'll buy it. Yeah, me too. I kind of started noticing too, that it's a little bit softening in the rental, uh, market, you know, that rents are not as strong as they as they were you know they they you kind of have to be a competitor now i think you gotta right. lower the price and be fast i like i like those places rented fast you know i, I don't even care sometimes about that 50 dollars, 75 100 bucks lower it until you find somebody and then and get it rented so you're not stuck right yeah. if you let your property sit for two months because you're trying to get top dollar you're not going to make that back yeah, um at least in in the first year so if you cut your rent by 25 50 100 dollars and you get it rented within a couple of weeks, um, you're, you're going to be better off. When do you think you should, uh, you should refinance? When the, when the interest rate went down half percent or when you got a little bit of equity and pull that money out and buy something else or, or just don't bother until the difference is in interest rate is so big? When do you think that that moment start? Okay, I got to refinance that one. What makes you refinance? Yeah, I... I, you know, I've been in that position, you know, several times now, and sometimes I just have a lot of equity in a property and I'm willing to, you know, if I could pull 30, 40, $50,000 out of a property um, that, that I, I've owned for five or six years, um, then I'll do it because I could take that and buy, you know, one or two more small condos or put that toward um, another property. Um, I, I'm going to make less cash flow probably on that property I'm refinancing, but at that point, I'm pulling out so much equity that I'd rather own a couple more properties that collectively might cash flow more or are going to pay down more debt and, uh, you know, add to my portfolio. Um, you know, another uh, thing, too, is that if, if the rates fall, um, you might not do a cash out refi, but you might just do a regular refinance where you're not pulling equity out, uh, but your rate might be, you know, four and a half percent versus, uh, you know, 5.8 uh, percent, which I, I dealt with recently. 
Um, so if you look at that over the course of five years, you're saving yourself, you know, thousands of dollars that you could be, uh, you know, using to pay down more principal or again, toward another property. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about, uh, I have one with a 3.9 and uh, I saw recently 2.8, 2.9, you know, I'm thinking maybe I can, but then, you know, it's, that one doesn't have that much equity and then 1%, I don't know, you know, it's going to cost me to do the refinance another couple thousand. Right. It's okay, you know, I'll wait. Maybe I'll get, uh, after it gets more, there's going to be more equity, then I'll do it. I just kind of know. Right. But it gets to the point when, when you have a property that's paid off, it's, it's almost like I want to go back and grab that money and, and put it, put it uh, somewhere else. You know, <laughs> Why would you want to right. pay, pay it off? Because you're going to refinance it. You're going to pull that money again and put it somewhere else. So there's like, why would you ever want to pay anything off? <laughs> except for right. your own place. Yeah. Except for your own place. Right. Your own right. place is liability. Right. You know, you have to spend It's not bringing you money. So you kind of want to, you know, pay it off maybe. But still, I think if I have my own place when it's paid off, I, I think I'm still going to pull that money out and start investing. Right. Well, especially <laughs> on your own home, you could get probably the lowest rate possible, um, yeah. you know, well under 3% right now. You could take that money and buy more real estate with it. So but do like key lock, probably, yeah, uh, like a line of credit <laughs> you can always use. Right. Like I use a HELOC and then... You know, pay as as you use it, like a credit card. Yeah. What do you think about commercial, commercial real estate? You want to graduate into commercial, like industrial buildings, uh, strip malls, hotels, or no? <laughs> um. You know, I thought a lot about it. I always thought that was, you know, kind of the the sexy next step. You know, yeah. Bigger buildings, hotels, commercial. Um. Just because it's, you know, you get bigger name tenants, and uh, it's more, uh, quote unquote, ex you know, exciting. You could be in a lot of, you know, neat places, but after this whole pandemic <laughs> ordeal, I'm glad to be in residential. Um, and I'm yeah. in no rush to get into commercial right now. Yeah. Um, unless it were, you know, was like medical or, or something where, um, I was leasing to, to a tried and true tenant. That's probably not going to go anywhere unless, FedEx, you know, unless you know. we have even worse problems, but yeah, I, I was re I was uh, listening to a bigger pockets uh, what's that called podcast uh, last episode. There was a guy who was uh, renting to FedEx. You know, FedEx was his tenant. He said, "I'm very happy with them. <laughs> you know, they're they're paying on time. They're they're not going anywhere." Right. Yeah, you know, commercial is uh, it's taking a little hit this 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 year. Well, I'm expecting it to to you know the prices to fall. To be honest, when the when a CoStar bought. Uh, what's it called? What's that? Uh, 10X. When Coldstar bought 10X, yep. I started seeing a lot of commercial auctions coming up. And uh, I'm listening to different guys uh, on YouTube, and they all say that you know commercial is gonna is gonna dip. So there's gonna be a lot of opportunities there. I think. I even started noticing a multifamily buildings coming coming up. Yeah. Why is I that? I think you're gonna see. Uh, well, I think it depends on the area. I think if you're uh, looking at multifamily properties that are in areas or neighborhoods that are more sensitive to the businesses that have closed because of the mandatory uh, shutdowns, um, you know, maybe more of a tenant profile that, that's in like the service industry, restaurant, hotel, um, any service providing industry that's, you know, uh, shut down uh, versus a uh, you know, the type of uh, tenant you might see in certain neighborhoods that might be more inclined to be able to work from home or, or, or be less affected, um, you know, by, by the uh, businesses that have shut down. Um, I think you're going to see some of these landlords that have buildings with uh, a couple delinquent tenants, maybe a few delinquent tenants, and uh, they don't, they can't hang on to it. They don't want to hang on to it. Um, 
there's a lot of aging landlords. There's a lot of, uh, yeah. you know, property owners that have, that have owned their buildings for 20, 30, 40, maybe 50 years. Um, and they're done. They don't want to deal with it anymore. They haven't been wanting to deal with it. And I think this was just the, uh, the cherry on top that kind of gave them a push to say, you know what, I'm not going to deal with this anymore. I just want to sell it. Yeah. So, but, uh, you know, supply, if the supply, you know, there's more supply, always prices go down. So then, then maybe we get start getting right. cap rates to go up, you know, in multifamily a little bit. We start seeing instead of five, you know, that's not attractive any, at all. You know, we start seeing maybe six and a half cap rate in right. uh, multifamily, which is already good. But, uh, you know, if you start like, what would you rather have six condos or a building with six uh, apartments? <laughs> you know, I think it depends on the person. I think if no, you, uh, you were you, someone what like would you, what would you me? Okay. So wh when I started when I was 21 years old, um, I didn't have a lot of experience and I didn't have a lot of my own money to, you know, to support yeah. uh, issues with the property. So um, it's a two part thing. One, you have to be ready to maintain the property. Uh, have a plan in place to call a plumber, to call a, a service person, a uh, contractor to fix it up. Um, and you also need to learn how to deal with tenants and how to run that end of the business. So it's the, it's the physical component of the property and maintaining the property. And it's also the, um, the business end of it, which is keeping the unit filled, keeping the tenant happy, uh, vetting tenants to make sure that they're credit worthy. Um, and with a building, it's just, it's a lot more, there's a lot more variables, you know, going into it, if I would have bought a six flat, there would have been a learning curve or a lot larger learning curve than having already owned six condos, uh, because now you're dealing with, with structural uh, issues potentially that at 21 years old, you know, I haven't had those issues come up. I haven't, you know, owned a home. Too much stress. I've had a Too much stress. Right. In the beginning. Yeah. Right. You want to, you want to kind of get, yeah, like, you know, uh, it's, I think it's a Warren Buffett saying, don't test the water with both feet. Yeah. <laughs> right. test it with one and then slowly get it in yeah and it's true right and and you know you can get hit with a, a large you know bill you know you might have yeah. uh, a sewer collapse or a roof issue or something yeah. where now you have to shell out ten thousand fifteen thousand dollars i can tell you when i started in this business at 21 years old if, if uh, i had six condos uh and i had a you know come up with fifteen thousand dollars it would have been really tough um but with the condos you're sharing that with the hoa uh, there's reserves. It's it's a lot easier to deal with an unexpected uh, situation or, or, or problem with a building, um, you know. And even if it is a special assessment, uh, a lot of times you have a few years to pay that off. Um, so even if I had to cut my cash flow by you know a hundred or, or two hundred dollars a month, that's a lot easier to swing than you know having to come up with uh, writing a check for fifteen thousand dollars right off the bat. Hundred percent. I think first ten should be condos. But uh, let me ask you this. Yes. What are your criteria when you're looking at the condo? Obviously, you're not only buying four walls, you're also buying location and the complex, the association. So you have to have some sort of uh, like criteria, requirements in order to say, this is association I don't want to deal with. Like, would you buy something that uh, a three-unit building and only one unit inside and that association is in Michigan and the place is in Chicago, would you? You know, I think depends. It, it depends on the structure. So if it's a smaller building, you want to make sure that it's um, it's in good shape or that there's no, um, you know, capital expenditures that are going to be coming up. Um, you know, I ran into that problem with, with a building or with a condo I bought. Turned out to be a good deal still. It was, it was a great deal looking back. But um, 
it was a small self-managed building and um you know i was caught up because it's glenview and, and that's a great a suburb yeah. great yeah. part of town um but i got nailed with special assessments for the first three years and uh you know broke even um you know there there were uh, there was parking lot issues there were some tuck pointing issues uh, there were a lot of big ticket items that that uh you know, needed to be addressed with the building. Um, so looking back, you know, the, the draw looking back, yeah. would you still buy it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I would. Um, but I think I would have, you know, I, I, I'm glad I bought it. Let's put it that way. Yeah. But you know, I, I probably could have maybe done better by buying something else, but again, it was Glenview. Um, and that's a nice affluent suburb. So it depends on how you look at it. I yeah. probably could have gotten a better return somewhere else in another town, but looking back, I, I bought it in a in a great town and I still made money on it. So those are, yeah, um, those are the lessons you have to go through, you know, and, and right and it's it's worth it. You know, even sometimes when you break even right. the, the the experience you get is sometimes even even when you lose money, the experience you get sets you up for new successes, you know. You right. Know, you're ready to take on a bigger job. Yeah, because uh yeah, you've been through already. You're not you're not afraid of it, you know. You've been your 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 skin is <laughs> thicker now um yeah but you know like uh in, in buying the, the the when you're buying a condo i also look at it you're also buying association and i like it like stino says you know when a manager is on a site always be good uh i like the complexes that are big you know that's personally me i don't i don't necessarily like old buildings like uh you know when you're towards chicago and then uh you know, like three, four units building and one of those units. I don't know. For some reason, right. I just don't trust the management. You know, I don't think they, they're, they're paying too much, uh, you know, attention or giving it enough attention to the building. You know, it's just, right. it's always outsourced. And I don't know. It's just, I think they, I like those, you know, complexes in the suburbs, you know, like, like we're buying stuff. Arlington Heights, Buffalo Grove, these these complexes, there are managers on site. You know. Right. And they could take advantage too of economies of scale and having more units in one place. Um, you know, the uh, the costs of, of the maintenance and the management there tends to be a little less expensive because um, you're in one spot, you're in one place. So um, if you have somebody on site, it's less expensive to, uh, to have someone running 300 units than, you know, 150 units. Yeah. Um, and going down the list. So it becomes more affordable. I think, you, you know, your HOA fees might be the same as uh, a smaller building, but you're getting more for your money. Would you, would you turn, uh, to turn down the deal that has uh, like a condo that has electric heat? You're only looking for gas heat included in HOAs or you don't care? No, no, I, I would, uh, I would look into electric heat. I have a couple that are, um, you know, if the tenants paying it, then I'll, I'll do it. But yeah. I look at the market time. So, you know, another factor too is I, you know, I have to like the area. The building has to be, you know, in somewhat decent enough shape where I don't have to worry about it in the near future uh, with any, you know, big improvements coming up. Uh, but if, if, if there's a demand for that type of unit and, and it's renting in, you know, two, three weeks uh, pretty healthily, then um, I'll buy it. I, I'm not afraid, you know, of the, of the heat. Do you see yourself when you're 50 years old, 60 years old, selling those condos for something one consolidated or you're just going to keep it forever possibly yeah. um i guess it depends on what the tax laws are at the time if, if we sell yeah. 1031 exchanges but um 
you know, I'd, I'd consider maybe selling a couple and, and maybe bulking that into another, uh, you know, more consolidated property. But uh, I don't know if I don't have to deal with them for 20 years and they're still in great shape. Uh, there's probably no reason to sell them. You know, uh, maybe I would just uh, pull out, pull uh, an equity loan out on the property and, and buy something else. Yeah, it's just uh, sometimes, you know, when you're looking at the bigger picture, you know, where you're going and then you want some more cash flow always. And then if you end up having a lot of cash flow, you're looking at that condo that produces $200 a month. I'm like, maybe I just sell it, you know, put that money back into into this. Or maybe you just keep it because you're, you know, you're so spread out and you're so protected, diversified. I don't know, you know, it's kind of things I'm, I'm thinking about. But still, you know, in my opinion, I'll just keep going, you know, buying more more condos single family i don't know these the prices grow on single family uh faster like quicker that those those appreciations are better than in condos you know uh but again there's more management you know if i buy a sewer line and if i buy a roof i think i want more units just just, just one in my opinion but uh but again I know there's a lot of people that are making money in single family houses you know i'm following this guy on instagram uh, Rick Jarman, I think, real estate old school is uh, his account name, and uh, he's only buying single family. He's got hundred plus. He's he's got a pretty big uh, Instagram account. You know, he's posting uh, videos every day, and um, he's a funny guy. But uh, only single family houses, nothing else, just houses. Yeah. Small, you know, small eighty thousand house. He puts <laughs> ten thousand into rehab and just let it cash flow. Hundred houses. I mean. Right. You got to have a system in to, to manage this, you know, you have to have, right. you know, plumber. But I, in my opinion, I don't know, sewer line and roof, I want more units than just one. That's, that's just my opinion. But I, don't know, I agree. If I'm going to buy, you know, something like a house that, that is more maintenance intensive, then there's got to be something in it for me long term. So maybe if I'm buying a house and I see an equity potential with it, like I'm buying it discounted and I'm going to push the value 30%. Uh, then maybe I'm willing to take that on because I'm not going to get that same equity appreciation up front, you know, with another type of property. Um, so I, I think, you know, you just have to look at it and say, okay, if I take this house and this condo and they're both the same cap rate, you know, maybe you go with the condo, but if you're buying this house at a discount, it's going to cash flow even better. And there's a lot of upside with it. That's when I think you say, okay, you know, this house makes more sense, even though there's more to deal with. Uh, you know, with it, it makes more sense from an investment standpoint. What's your goal? You have a goal? 100K a month? everybody does. Passive? 100K <laughs> um, a month passive? Yeah, I mean, you know, going into this, I thought, you know, maybe 100 units uh, would be yeah. kind of the number, but yeah. um, why limit yourself? You know what I mean? Um, I, you know, I think now if I could hit, you know, 200 units or more, um, by the sure. time I'm 50 or 60, then, you know, I, I think, I think it's possible. Okay. I, I think, uh, you know, you'd be surprised by what you can accomplish if you, uh, you know, if you really go, go for it. Yeah. So I keep noticing, you know, some, some, uh, some, uh, even the host of bigger pocket podcast, he's, uh, I remember 2014, he only had like 40 or something. He's over at 7,000 units right now, close to some. But he's got like uh, mobile home parks. You know, he buys a land and then there's a bunch yeah. of, you know, mobile homes. It, it just gets exponential after if you stay focused and then you, you keep, you know, the first one is the hardest, you know, the second one is, is, is you know, also hard and third and fourth. And then it gets kind of like a moment. You get a momentum, yeah. You do. You you get you do. Uh, five in a, a year, then you get ten in a year, then you get twenty in a year. 
and then you get a building, you know, and then uh, it's just, you know, 100 is not that, that hard if you keep at it, yeah? 10 years, you, you can get it, yeah? I, I, I think so. I think once you take the initial dive and you get, you know, you break the ice with it and you, you get yourself in a good position where you're, you're cash flowing, you're very careful about the first 10 properties that you buy, uh, then from there you can really launch, you know, especially if you're working too, like I am, I'm a real estate agent as well. Um, you know, you can uh, kind of catapult all of that into uh, a much bigger uh, portfolio. So, yeah, if you start calculating everything you're getting, cash flow, principal reduction, appreciation, you know, you can't really see all that money because it's all on paper. Yeah, it's only like a cash flow right. that, you, that you see, and everything else is on a paper. Depreciation, appreciation, principal. It's like. But it's still, it's it's the same, you know, it's the same money you can kind of calculate and see what your return is on the money you've put in. It gets pretty interesting over time. It does. You know, and it kind of reassures me too, even if I have a bad a bad tenant or a bad, yeah. you know, year on a particular property with, uh, with you know, some type of expense that came up. You know, you, you tally everything up at the end of the year. You look at, okay, you know, worst case if these properties go up with inflation or, or stagnate. Um, you're still going to be very happy with with your return overall. All right, sounds good. I think uh, I think we should be uh, we're almost done. Uh, got one more minute, but uh, we're we're going to be wrapping up. Thanks, Louis, so much for joining me today. Um, if anybody have any questions, uh, you know, message me on here on Facebook. Uh, we're going to share this video on our Facebook pages, and uh, it was great talking to you, Louis. Thanks so much for joining me. It was a it was a great interview. Great talk. No problem. Thank you. Thanks, Oleg. Thanks for having Thanks, me, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Okay. Thanks so much. See ya. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Украинская независимая радио.